family, family, family. It's your girl, Nostalgic, a.k.a. TT of TT Talks. Thank you so much for choosing to come and listen to me talk my noise once again on the microphone. Got a lot of things going on, a lot of stuff happening on the interwebs. And so we're going to talk about it today. If I could have a, a, a theme for this episode, it would probably be run me them coins. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Monique wanting Netflix to run her her coins. And we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, some digital coins. And so that's how it's going to all go down today. I hope y'all enjoy it. I hope you are edutained and uh, kick back, relax and hear TT talk. So Monique, Monique, Monique. I'm going to run all of this down. But before I say anything else, let me say, I actually love Monique. I do. She has brought me a lot of joy and a lot of laughter over the years. I ain't going to front like I wasn't watching the Parkers every damn day in high school and college. Uh, Queens of Comedy was definitely a mainstay in my dorm room. And, you know, she cracks me up. I love her stand up. I love her. I always have. I may not have always loved the roles that she played, but know i always with monique and this situation with her wanting us to boycott netflix because of this wage gap issue um this situation is just so layered due to all of the intersections that are happening and i think we need to look at this in a very complete way um there's a lot of commentary and critique that needs to happen on both sides And uh, I'm going to play a little clip here so that you can kind of hear Monique's side of the story about, you know, what happened with Netflix. Um, And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. All right. So my husband says to um, Robbie Prohl at Netflix, can you please explain how come these numbers are so different? And Robbie Prohl said, well, we do our deals based on anticipation Mm -hmm. and we anticipate that Monique is worth $500,000. So Sydney then said, well, based off of Monique's resume, she has 45 awards from around the world. She had had a number one sitcom. He ran down my resume. Robbie Prohl said, resumes don't matter with us. That's not how we do our formula. Hmm. It's just totally based off what we anticipate you're going to do. So Sydney then said, well, what is it about Amy Schumer that she would get 11 million, then negotiate two more million? And Robbie Prohl said, well, she sold out Madison Square Garden twice, Uh and she had a hit movie over the summer. And then my husband said, is that not you giving giving us her resume? That's her resume. We know, but, I mean, we understand what Monique's done. And by the way, Monique is a legend. Now, those are Robbie Prohl's exact words from Netflix. Uh She is a legend, but we just anticipate that this is what she's worth. So then they said, well, we'll go back. You know, after we they had the conversation with my husband and attorney, we'll go back and we'll talk to the team and we'll see what we come up with. Well, they did come back and they said, you know, we're too far off in numbers. So thank you. But no, thank you. So the question that needs answering is, does Monique deserve more than five hundred thousand dollars? I say, hell yes. Is she the most decorated comedian alive? Well, I think it kind of depends on what you mean by most decorated. Um, I know she's won a great number of awards and it's pretty high on the list, if not the highest. 
Um, but in my opinion, I would say that she's not the most decorated comedian alive. I mean, what about Whoopi Goldberg? Who else in comedy has won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony Award? Whoopi's IMDb movie list would put Monique's to shame. Hell, Whoopi's resume would put Dave Chappelle's and Chris Rock's to shame. As a matter of fact, I will say this on record. Whoopi Goldberg is the most decorated comedian ever of all time, alive or not alive. And if you doubt me, just bring some receipts and we can talk about it. Just make sure that whoever you selected has won an Oscar, an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony Award, has sold out shows for over 30 years, has written sold out one woman shows on Broadway, has countless movies of all genres from comedy to action to dramas to period pieces, has turned around and done documentaries on comedy legends like Whoopi did on Moms Mabley, has written books, and I guarantee not now one of them came out with a medical marijuana line for menstrual issues. Whoopi is the real MVP. And let's not forget Jamie Foxx, right? He's not only a stand-up comedian with classic stand-up performances, but he's also had his own television show too, and a music career, and he's an Oscar winner, and he's a musical virtuoso. But with all that said, $500,000 is a slap in Monique's face. Black woman, if you have ever posted anything about the wage gap between races and gender, and you have only negative commentary about this situation, you ain't shit. And you can tell your mama I said that too. And what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And But you know, in the same vein, we know Monique's hands ain't clean in this situation, okay? I do have a lot of critique of Monique because back when the black community were expressing their concern about the imagery of the movie Precious, Lee Daniels told Monique they're going to hate you for this movie. And you know what Monique's response was? Let them hate me. Let them hate me. So, to have that blasé attitude toward your audience and your fans who were giving you feedback about the imagery of a role you were portraying and to shrug that off and to ignore it and then come back and request that these same people stand with you and defend you and you ignored the audience trying to defend themselves from your imagery, it doesn't match up, sis. And I gotta call you out on that. And you need to check that. But despite that, Monique has an extremely valid point and she deserves seven figures, in my opinion, y'all. If Amy Schumer, I don't even know who the f she is. Who is Amy Schumer? I just learned about this chick from this situation. Who the f is she? <laughs> who is this woman okay if amy schumer is getting 13 mil and d-ray on twitter claiming that he got 5 million from netflix ain't no way monique needs to be getting 500,000. and wanda sykes even tweeted stepping into the conversation quote thank you for speaking out netflix offered me less than half of your 500k i was offended but found another home nigga and who in the hell left the gate open and allowed Gary Owens to fall his ass up into the cookout anyway? 
his ass speaking all out of order, trying to mock Monique. This ain't your lane, bruh. Get the f out of here when black folks is talking. Now, as I was saying, Netflix is wildin'. I just read an article the other day in the New York Times that said Netflix will spend between seven and eight billion dollars on content in 2018. Nigga! Seven to eight billy. And they round here giving Monique chicken shit. Get the f out of here. And I remember, <laughs> y'all, I remember all that hoopla on Twitter when Molly, a fictional character on Insecure, discovered how much more the white boy in her office got than her, and he did less work. And she petitioned her superiors at the law firm to get more money, and they declined, wanting to raise her pay. And then y'all was all up in arms about that, going on and on about gender equality in the workforce and the wage gap. But now Monique, who is not a fictional character, who is really experiencing this, and I know so many women who have experienced this, and a lot of people are out here thinking that she's not worthy of that. Nigga! Get the fuck out of here. But that's just my two cents on the whole situation. You can hit me up on social media and let me know how you feel. Hit me up on Facebook, Adrian Bate. You can hit me up on Instagram, Nostalgic, N-O-S-T-A-L-J-I-Q. That's also my Snapchat. You can hit me up on Twitter at Dondara Queen, D-A-N-D-A-R-A Queen. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So long story short, somebody need to run Monique her coins but in the meantime we're gonna talk about some other coins i'm so excited to have my social media homeboy mr lamar wilson on we're gonna talk about crypto for all of the people out there who have heard about all this stuff bitcoin this and and ripple that and you you hearing all of this stuff but you don't quite know what it is you don't quite know where to start you're a little fearful because you're hearing a lot of crazy things about it we're about to clear all of that up this is for the beginners y'all if you're already into crypto if you already have a portfolio if you're actively trading if you got your wallets on swole if you're securing the bags this probably isn't for you this is for my beginners this is for my people who are literally at square one who don't even know what this stuff is we're going to start with the basics and we're going to break it down for you. I hope you enjoy it. Lamar really came and brought some really good information and I appreciate him for that. Y'all, enjoy. Uh, family, I'm excited because I'm on the phone with family man, entrepreneur, technologist, crypto enthusiast, Mr. Lamar Wilson, a.k.a. Big Mar. Um, love this brother here. He's extremely intelligent, charismatic. He cares about people and he's passionate about cryptocurrency and all of the underlying technologies around it. And so I, I know I've learned a lot from him and the content that he has posted on his page. Um, so that's why I wanted to reach out to this brother and have him share some of his expertise and wisdom for all of y'all out there that's listening and may be interested in, in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies, but don't quite know where to start. But um, before we get into all of that, welcome, welcome, welcome. I appreciate you and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come on TT Talks. Yes. Uh, so how you doing? 
I am doing amazingly well, and I appreciate, like I said, all those superlatives that you laid out there. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate those adjectives. Maybe I can tell my wife and she'll feel a little bit better about who she married. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey. Let her do it. Let her do it. Let her do it. Um, and, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you, you know, kind of your background, um, how you got involved in cryptocurrency, just so that people can kind of get a, a um, an idea of your background. Say, honorable hustle. Um, I've been been doing all types of stuff. Started with a duplex. Uh, got into learning how I got I owned a couple of Cold Stone creameries, creameries, learned how to program, got into developing. Um, and then from there, I learned about uh, Bitcoin because we went to go pitch a different idea to this VC. And he asked us, did we ever hear of Bitcoin? And I said, hmm, no, nah, I haven't heard of it. And I thought he said big coin, like B-I-G coin. Oh. And I was like, uh, I don't know what that is, right? So we just kept it moving. And this was probably around 2009, 2010, like right when it first started. Mm -hmm. So if I had listened to him then, if I had listened to him then, I'd probably be on an island in, in the middle of the South Pacific um, without any contact with anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> From that point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at that point, that would have been ridiculous. But uh, so we left out of there. We learned about it. And then uh, we, my co-founder said, hey, man, I think he said Bitcoin. So we looked it up. We was like, this has nothing to do with what we're doing. <laughs> so we kept moving. And then the price the price spiked, which brought our attention back to it. Right. And when the price spiked, just like most of the people are in the space right now, the price got their attention. But for me, being someone who has a finance degree and then also a developer by trade, there's no other uh, discipline in the world that marries those two disciplines like cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So when I got the Bitcoin white paper, it just spoke to me, not only from the standpoint of technology, but from the standpoint of I the ideas that it was bringing up, basically, you know, freeing yourself from um, the, the, the full, what is, what would I say? The system, the financial system mm -hmm. and allowing you to create an open free financial system for all people. And I think all of that kind of stuff really, like take something in me and I just went down the rabbit hole and I've never come back up. Mm, that's awesome, man. Um, you got a finance degree. Where did you go to school? The University of Kentucky. Um, it's funny because I went to the same place. I got my degree from the same place Dr. Boyce did. Yeah, you did. And, uh, I don't think... Yeah, I don't think he knew it until he met me. I don't think he even <laughs> until we until we spoke the very first time, he was like, Oh, you went to UK? I said, Yeah, I got a finance degree, same place you got your finance degree. So wow. it's it's uh, yeah, it's pretty small world. It's amazing how stuff come in the full circle. Yeah, That's straight up. Well, uh I thank straight you for up. that. Um as many of my friends know, I'm I'm really into crypto. I'm constantly studying it, reading about it. Um, looking at charts, learning uh, new platforms, new systems. But like I said, I'm definitely a, a, a newbie and, and I'm doing pretty well with it. But there are people such as Lamar and, and other folks who have been in this space for years and have been through all of the ups and downs, the dips, the crashes, and all of uh, the incredible runs and, and learn how to navigate this really wild but like really exciting but really highly volatile <laughs> uh, market, you know, and, and the space, because of all of those things, it's it can be really intimidating for new people. Um, and so that's kind of like why I'm here to help as somebody who is has a, has a pretty good understanding but still relatively new 
um, and, and bringing somebody in with a little bit more wisdom so we can kind of bridge the gap so that people don't feel so um, intimidated about this sphere. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help demystify <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is for yeah, all of the yeah. step one people, you know, my people who just heard about this from their cousin on New Year's, you know, and right. over the holidays <laughs> and ignored them, but then heard more about it on the news. And now are kind of like, hey, you know, what's going on with this? And so hopefully, you know, we can help people get started. This is for them. So, again, welcome. I know Lamar is going to uh, bring us a lot of insight into what cryptocurrency is and how it can impact us and, um, you know, how to avoid scams and, and just other things to look out for. Um, but I want to give you a scenario of kind of what I'm talking about. Um, and, and this is also for um, friends of mine who are new, um, who don't understand like the full scope of exactly what it is because people are kind of only hearing about the coin aspect they're not understanding the technology they're not understanding the platforms they just haven't gotten to that point yet but um a real good friend of mine um shout out to dr nzinga metzger she's a uh, founder of an organization called dunia Forte um and ashalaye academy um she lives here in the u.s but she opened a summer supplemental school for children in Oshogbo, nigeria and she's been taking hmm. do- donations um, last year to kind of help get the, get the school started, um, you know, with standard crowdfunding measures, you know, GoFundMe, PayPal. But they either took a really high percentage of the profits or it took days um, for her to be able to get the money into account or it just passed through too many hands before it got to her. Or also, you know, I don't, I don't know if people know this outside of Nigeria, but you can't like withdraw funds from PayPal if you have a Nigeria-based PayPal account. Like, you can only mm. pay for stuff and send money. I guess because of a oh, lot of man, fraud issues. Right. And so, um, it's hard, it, it, it's hard, the financial thing, internationally. You know, we kind of spoiled in the U.S. because, you know, we don't really have, um, like, huge crashes like Zimbabwe or Argentina or you know stuff we don't have that type of stuff so we kind of are floating in this bubble but people who are from highly unstable economies they see the value of crypto immediately um and so she she wasn't really privy to um a lot of uh you know crypto information um and she recently posted on social media that she was looking for an alternative crowdfunding platform and I recommended that, you know, she can cut out the middleman and just start taking crypto as an option. You know, you, she don't have to take it as all, but take it as an option. And, you know, she seemed very excited about the idea. Um, and her first question was, this is awesome. How do I get started? What's a wallet? <laughs> you know, and so I'm, I'm gearing the information towards situations like that. Um, and I'm a part of a crypto group and I asked um, some questions uh to the group members about some of the challenges they faced as a newbie um, either in the past or currently and you know they were able to provide some great suggestions and so we'll we'll call all of those things out in just a moment but um I just wanted to let people know like crypto has so many uses people that live overseas remittance fees you know we're and we're really just touching the tip of the iceberg with it that's what's so amazing you know so one of the first questions that came was what is it <laughs> right and what do you do so, with it so i'm gonna let you roll right. right so there was a there was a um technology 
that was created called the blockchain that Satoshi Nakamoto put out into the world. And the blockchain technology is basically saying, um, instead of one person or one entity having a ledger that you trust, you take that ledger and give it to as many people as you can and then figure out a way to find consensus so that everyone believes that what's on the ledger is exactly the same for everyone else, mm -hmm. right? So that's that's what happened first, right? It's like, if I, what happens if I give this ledger to everyone? Instead of just the bank having the ledger and knowing who, who, who owns what, everybody who's at the bank knows who owns what, mm -hmm. and they can trust they can trust the fact because they have it in front of them as well. Well, something like that has very, very real implications when it comes to financial services. So if I know that you have enough money to pay me and I know that, that it'll come directly to me and not have to go through some intermediary and get fees attached to it at every step along the way through some other corresponding bank, then I can send you funds and know that they're going to be final when they get there and you know that they're going to be good when they get there without any chargeback, mm -hmm. without being able to pull money back from the person. Mm. That's extremely powerful. Right. So with that blockchain technology, the first application that was built on it was Bitcoin. Mm. So Bitcoin to me is an application and it's an application of cryptocurrency. It's the first application of a, of a distributed um, blockchain ledger. Mm. That's a cryptocurrency. So when you think about a cryptocurrency, if you think about currency, it's supposed to be a medium of exchange, a store of value, right? Um, mm -hmm. A unit of account. So those things are what was what created Bitcoin because um, it was in response to the collapse of the financial system and every and all the banks getting bailed out mm. and the and the and the, uh, the normal people the everyday people like us on Main Street we weren't getting bailed out we don't get bailed out of anything we didn't get bailed out of the the mortgage crisis right right um, right a lot of people lost their homes and went into foreclosure so mm -hmm. Bitcoin was in direct response by these cypherpunks to that mm. basically saying listen. What happens if we take the power away from the banks to issue currency and we have a currency that can actually be distributed to a lot of different people? Mm. So that that in and of itself was the beginning of this whole movement of blockchain technology and the, and the, the cat got out of the bag. So if you wanna know exactly what it is, it started out with it being this distributed ledger um, that was secured by this inven this invention called uh, proof of work consensus mm. that no one had figured out how to get over what's called the Byzantine fault problem, a Byzantine general problem before. And now they have created a Byzantine fault tolerance system. So if you think about Byzantine generals, what that problem says is how do you come to an agreement when there are adverse um adverse uh what's it what's the word adversary let's just say there's adversaries in between your communication mm -hmm. so the idea is if there are byzantine generals about to attack a, attack a city how do you get information through the city to the other byzantine generals on when to attack because if one attacks too early they might not have enough uh power and they get one of their units died one of their units get killed off right mm -hmm. if they go too late if they go too late the same thing can happen so you want to be able to attack all at the same time but the question is, how do you get the message to the other side without going through this city where they'll kill the messenger? Right. So 
right? So that's what, so when you're talking about distributed systems, that's the whole thing is that you have to be prepared for all of these adversaries that are trying to manipulate the data, change the data, make sure the message is not the same in every single post so that they can go and take over the network. But what they came up with was a proof of work consensus. And I'm not going to get real deep into it, but that's pretty much where all of this stuff comes from. Once they figured that out and figured out how to have a ledger that can find consensus and have anybody try to attack it, there are people every day going at Bitcoin and right now the bounty on Bitcoin um, as last looked let me see what it was I think it was about a hundred no maybe three hundred billion dollars or something like that Mm -hmm. I think it's close to that what's the market cap of Bitcoin right now let's go see Um, I'm gonna look it up really quick I'm sorry oh yeah yeah oh listen to me please look I got all my stuff mic'd up and all my computers running so (laughs) I'm not able to get on yeah, it's a hundred eighty-four billion dollar market cap. I'm sorry, oh, that's what it, is it was it was about three hundred billion when it was at what sixteen, eighteen thousand, mm-hmm. but now it's at around ten thousand. But still, a hundred eighty-four billion dollars. That's that's a bounty that if somebody could figure out how to hack it, yeah. they would have that kind of value. But no one has hacked it. Mm. Think about it. If you could, you would, right? Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. so that's that's where that comes from, and that's what cryptocurrencies and blockchain is. That's awesome. Um, and, and people see the price, you know, just skyrocket. You know what I'm saying? Thinking about it, you know, what what was how much was Bitcoin this time last year? Oh man, this time last year, um, I think it's nine hundred dollars or something crazy. Right. Yeah, it wasn't. It was maybe maybe a thousand this time last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and today, what was it? I, I'm trying to remember. I peeked at it earlier that today. I was... Almost 11, real close to 11000 close to $11,000. $11, yeah, close to $11,000. Yeah, it was swinging between ten five and eleven all day today. That's amazing, y'all. And so people are wondering, like, how how is that value even established? And is there any commodity or tangible asset that underpins it? Like, people are wondering how can something that doesn't exist in the physical realm (laughs) have that type of value. So kind of break that down for us. Well, I mean, it's literally number one, what backs it is the fact that now you have this trust less, I would say trustless system that can hold value. And it's been proven out over the last nine years. Right. So the people, the fact that people feel like they can trust it because it hasn't been hacked. Now they feel like I have this um, store of value that I can put some of my funds if I'm in Zimbabwe or if I'm in Argentina where the government screws up the the currency about every two or three years, mm-hmm. um, where the entire where the entire value of my currency, my my bank account goes to zero, mm-hmm. right? Um, that. If you look in those countries, those people may buy Bitcoin to store some of their funds away from the government currency so that when it does drop next time, their their coins will still be worth far more than the government currency. Mm-hmm. So that's a place. Those are, those are the kind of places that it happens. So that's where people find value, right? Mm-hmm. In those countries, they find value. In a country like the United States of America, people find value in the fact that it's just speculative and that people realize that there are only a limited number of Bitcoins that will ever be printed ever. So they feel like if they can own a few of them and more people get into the system, because right now we're talking about only about 1% of the world probably owns any kind of cryptocurrency. That's insane. So you're talking about there's a whole lot more of the world. Maybe it might be 2% now after this last, but it's not that many people in the world that actually own and know about cryptocurrency. 
which means that for a currency like Bitcoin, as more people get in, you understand supply and demand. Well, there is a limited supply, but there could be exponential demand. So mm -hmm. what happens to the price? Right. Once you have the price going from 1000 to 10000 that fast. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that broke it down that pretty clear that and that even helped me. You know, I'm still trying to understand fully the value. And the more I read on it, I'm starting to really see the value in it. Definitely. Um, I know another question was, what's the easiest way for people to get their fiat money into the crypto marketplace? Yeah, so for fiat, it's fiat currency, the probably the easiest way is Coinbase. A lot of people are having issues with Coinbase because they are the biggest and they're getting hit really, really hard, right? But Coinbase still by far is probably the easiest place to put money into, put your fiat money into cryptocurrency markets. There's also an exchange called Gemini, um, one called Kraken, and then also Bitstamp. So those four are the ones that you can take your U.S. dollars and change them into um, crypto. But if you're in countries like Nigeria, if you're in countries like Bermuda, the Bahamas, or anywhere in the Caribbean pretty much, it's very difficult to get your money in it. And it's sad to say that it's mostly um, black countries, right? Where there are majority, yeah. where there are pre predominantly black people, those countries are having a hard time getting their currency into the cryptocurrency space, which, which needs to be fixed for sure. Absolutely. I, I literally was just uh, reading. I'm reading the, the coolest book right now. Um, it's called The Age of Cryptocurrency. Um, it's, it's a yep. long book and it's dense. I'm, I'm listening to the audio book. The audio book's like 14 hours. <laughs> and But they were talking about the <laughs> problem. Mike Casey? Is that Michael Casey? Uh, let me see. Uh, no, it's uh, Paul, Paul Vigna. Oh, yeah. Michael Casey and Paul Vigna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Michael Casey, good people. Yeah, yeah, Michael Casey, Paul Vigna, those guys have been around for a while. Michael Casey was running some stuff at MIT for a while, but yeah, pretty good book, really good book. Got a lot of people interested. Absolutely. It, it's definitely got my attention. It, so, side note, if anybody wants to learn more about cryptocurrency, past and present and future, and wants to know more about the philosophy of uh, cryptocurrency um, and Bitcoin, check the book out. It's really, really dope. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 really amazing. You know, um, people are getting hung up on trying to get their money into the market because, you know, they see all of this stuff and they seeing all these charts and they thinking it's overwhelming when actually, you know, that's one of the reasons why people recommend Coinbase. It's it's user friendly, um, very easy to handle for people who are not used to um, dealing with, you know, market orders and, and, and all that all that jazz. So it, that's a good place to start, um, but you also want to start researching some other places because um, soon you'll get caught up in some Coinbase shenanigans <laughs> and uh, and be ready to throw the whole app in the trash. <laughs> but um, but I, I recommend um, for people to begin there, and I still do some stuff on Coinbase every once in a while, but um, as soon as I get some stuff, it's, it's headed out somewhere. So... Um, so how do you how do you secure these coins? Oh well, you have to use. So the way you secure it is they secure it with very very big numbers, mm -hmm. right? So I'm talking about really big numbers, numbers you could more numbers and grains of more number bigger than the number of grains of sand on the face of the planet. Wow. Um, really, even bigger than that. I can't even imagine. I mean, explain. You can't imagine, and I can't explain how many it is. 
So they use really, really, really big numbers. And those numbers um, basically help you to secure where your coins are located. And those numbers are associated with a point on what's called an elliptic curve in many cases. Mm -hmm. So most of these coins use um, elliptic curves Elliptic, elliptic curve cryptography to secure the coins. Mm. And so the way you do that is once you create your private key, what's called a key, mm -hmm. you create that private key, you can derive what's called a public key off of it. And so if you think about a point on a curve or on a line, you have an X coordinate and a Y coordinate, right? Well, those two coordinates, those two coordinates are how you can determine, they use math to determine if your private key goes with the public key. Well, that public key you can give to everyone. Just like you can give someone, someone if you knew the equation, like a very simple line equation, if you knew the X on that line, you can solve for Y, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the same way this math works. If you know the Y, which is the private key, then you know, I mean, if you have the, the X, you can solve for, for Y. Either way, right? Whichever way. So with that being said, what I can do is give you the public key, and then that public key is where everyone sends the money to, so nobody else knows your secret key. But for you to spend it, you have to know the secret. Right. The only person who knows the secret, is, the only person that knows the secret is yourself. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So the way these key, the way these keys work is that you can't find Y. You can't find Y from X, but you can find X from Y. Mm. If okay. that makes sense. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. If gotcha. that makes sense, you can't find Y from X, but you can find X from Y. So if you have the private key, I can derive a public key, but I can't derive a pub a private key from the public key. Gotcha. You get what I'm saying? Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. So, so that's that's kind of how it works. I mean, it's a lot deeper than that, but I'm just trying to give an understanding of how those two things work together, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how you secure it. So the only way you can really secure your coins is to secure your private key, mm. which means store it on a piece of paper in a, in a safety security box, put it on a hardware wallet where it's, it's, it's secured by your PIN and some other information. Um, or like most people keep it in custody on some service like Coinbase mm -hmm. and Coinbase is the one securing your key. Right. So it's about like how, how banks secure your money, Coinbase is in custody of your keys and they're the ones securing your keys. Gotcha. Gotcha. That with the, I appreciate that explanation. That's real helpful. Um, and, and I know a lot of people also get caught up on a lot of the lingo and the technical terms. So I'm going I'm to throw yeah. out several um, terms. And if you could just briefly explain them, it's going to be kind of like a lightning round. I'm going to throw a word out. You explain it. I'm going to throw another one out um, just so that people can kind of have an idea, um, you know, when they see these out when they're you know reading articles when they're kind of checking sites and and reading comments they know what people are talking about because it's almost like the crypto space has its own language um right um so so i'm gonna start with with uh with hodl h-o-d-l <laughs> so hodl people are saying hold on for dear life but it wasn't an acronym at first. Mm -hmm. um, on Bitcoin Talk Forum, this guy was coming in to tell everybody to just be, be, uh, uh, don't, don't worry, don't panic, be calm, and to hold. And what he he actually <laughs> typed it wrong, H O D L. And from that point, everyone has grabbed onto it and made a meme out of it, and it's just literally <laughs> carried over for a time. So you'll see people who have made acronyms out of it. Hold on for dear life. 
but that's not that's not exactly where it came from. It's just some old school dude, uh, some old cryptocurrency guy. He, he's not say old in age, but just been around for a while. Who was telling everybody they should hold, and he typed it wrong, so everybody, you know, they kind of <laughs> trolled him. But then he wound up becoming legendary because he came up with Hoddle. Right, right. Uh, okay, Fud. So Fud is. Basically, like when people say bad things about something, it's normally around um, trying to some competitor may say something about it to to get you off your game. So what FUD stands for is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So people spread that fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Matter of fact, I think the biggest and this is might be political, but the biggest spreader of FUD is the United States government. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Because they use that kind of stuff to control us. But that's the same thing with cryptocurrencies. Somebody, a, a competing uh, currency might put FUD out on another currency just to bring more attention to themselves. So they, they try to add fear and uncertainty mm-hmm. and doubt and that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so that people won't buy into it. Yeah. Uh, next one, Shill. So a shield is somebody who, uh, man, you over here, you got you got these terms. He's like, uh, what do you call Like a... Uh, 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 Reddit terms. Are you on Reddit a whole lot? Uh, not anymore. Reddit got a little too wild for me. <laughs> so a shield is a is a stand or a fan, right? Or somebody mm-hmm. who's who's they they're the opposite of fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like if fun's trying to not to get you to to do it. To jump on a bandwagon, Shield is literally reaching their hand out trying to grab you onto the bandwagon. Um, by just putting out, being super enthusiastic about some encouraging people to get into stuff, and and a lot of times it's probably um, it's probably what's what's the word? It's probably not even uh, yield. It's not even a. I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. It's not even merited. That's the word. It's not even merited. Sometimes they'll tell you all of this stuff and it ain't even merited. Like that coin or whatever they're telling you about, they don't even deserve the kind of praise that they're giving them. Right. But because they are just shield swarm, they're out there just encouraging people to jump on this coin real fast so they can make some money. And that's where a lot of puppet dumps come from. Yep. Yep. And that actually is uh, one of the words on the list, a pump and dump. <laughs> yeah. So pump and dump. Pump means to um, you. First of all, you can do it with your money first by adding a little bit of money to a, to a coin that doesn't have a lot of volume trading. Mm-hmm. So you can get the get it to start looking like it's going upwards, and then you add news to that, like by spreading it out. Like you need to buy this, you need to buy this, you need to buy this. Get se- several celebrities to say you need to buy it, you need to buy it. It happened one time in the stock market. Fifty Cent uh, pumped the coin up, and a lot of people said he just dumped it. So in cryptocurrencies, because there are no real regulations around any of that stuff, people pump and dump all the time. Mm-hmm. So coins that have very little, very little volume are the easiest ones to pump and dump, especially if they have very little volume and um, a very low price. These wells can come in and start pumping it. And then what happens is people think they're missing out on the upswing. So they'll jump in and then the well turns around at the top of it and sells all their ones that they bought. Mm-hmm. And then they dump and, and dump mm-hmm. and leave everybody else holding the bag. So that's a pump and dump. There we go. And and whale, you just said a good one. Whale. <laughs> so whales are basically it's it's people that have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um they they use that same term a lot in casinos. Right, it's like he's a whale, the guy who's the high roller that's sitting on a lot of money or sitting on a lot of crypto. In this case, they will be sitting on a whole bunch of crypto and can actually move markets. 
um, mm-hmm. because they have so much crypto. So that's that's what a well is. Ah, and what's a fork? So a fork means to split from the original chain. So or even from whatever chain it is. But if Bitcoin, when Bitcoin forked into Bitcoin Cash, what happens is is that there's an actual chain of of blocks or a chain of transactions, and at a certain point. The block, the next block after that point on two different networks is completely different. Usually forks happen because there's a protocol switch. Um, so with Bitcoin Cash, they started accepting larger blocks that the regular Bitcoin blockchain would not accept. Mm. And so now you have a fork, which basically means a split in the network. So two different networks, they split at a certain block height or a certain number of block. And after that point, there are two different networks, which means that the transactions on both networks will not will no longer um, come to consensus. They will no longer match. Gotcha. They will no longer sync up. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I know a lot of people had questions about that. Uh, got a few more. Yep. ATH. All time high. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Oh yeah. Um, it just basically it's almost the same thing in the stocks or whatever. Uh, basically saying this is the the highest point at which this cryptocurrency has traded. Don't buy it there, family. Don't buy it there. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Do not buy it there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't buy it all this is probably yeah. this is another Reddit word. If you <laughs> if you buy an ATH, you're gonna get wrecked. <laughs> I think everybody understands what wrecked means. Y'all know what wrecked is. We can move on from that one. It's wrecked with an R. R E K T. R E K T. Yeah. Uh, mooning. So mooning means it's going up. The price is going up. Mm-hmm. Um, another again, it's another another one of those old school terms. They used to say Bitcoin's going to the moon, and so every cryptocurrency has pretty much adopted that um mm-hmm. kind of like the hodl one that mm-hmm. you said earlier mm-hmm. mooning just means that it's going up like it's it, i'll see you on the moon a lot of people say stuff like that gotcha gotcha and these two kind of go together mining and node yeah so uh mining is the work that is done on a block to verify that there has been work done on the block and to and to basically um, make sure that that block is valid for the chain. And mining is, is, it depends on what type of mining you're doing, but there's always some kind of algorithm that needs either CPU power or some type of GPU power, maybe memory, um, that will assure that there was actual work done to that block um, and enough work to actually secure the chain so that when that work is done, that means somebody has to do um, that work plus the work before it on the on the previous block to make it work so that that's what secures the chain so that's what mining does mining the more work that goes into a chain the harder it is to reverse it to have someone come in and overwrite all the old work um and then nodes nodes basically are running um their own ledger that's the when you hear node that means that somebody who is keeping and storing their storing the ledger for themselves um and, and that's a when you run on a full node that's what you're doing so you're not trusting somebody else to give you the information from the node. You're actually running it yourself. And that's where that's where the freedom and the democracy and stuff comes from with uh, cryptocurrencies. Mm, mm, wonderful, wonderful. 
Um, so now that people have, you know, some of these terms and um, they they finding out now how to get the money into the, the marketplace, you kind of finding out how to secure your coins. Um, you know, what criteria should you look for when you're deciding to invest in a coin? Well, I mean, I use four different criteria, but I don't recommend direct coins because I want people to get right. into them themselves and Absolutely. buy the stuff that they understand. Buy the stuff they understand and buy the stuff they like. Absolutely. So my four criteria are network. Number two is team, but preferably developers. Number three is ecosystem. And then number four is, is it actually running? Mm. Do you actually have something out there in the world, some types of tools or something that I can play with, that mm-hmm. I can that I can mess around with? Mm-hmm. So that's those are the four things for me. And I don't really get into the, the white paper coins. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm still, and, you know, because I'm new, I'm still kind of developing my strategy um, on how I, I look at coins. And one of the big things I always say is, is what problem is it solving? Um, you know, that's a, that's a big one. It, and who else is doing it? Is, is anybody else doing it? Um, and so I kind of look at that and I'm gonna have to incorporate some other things as I, as I, you know, my expertise grows in it. Um, and you know, because I'm so new in it, I don't even know if my, uh, criteria has paid off yet, (laughs) you know, uh, but I'm excited to see, and I, and I'm, and I'm confident in a lot of my choices. Um, and so now that we're at this point, I know a lot of people it's tax season and, uh, you know, people need to figure <laughs> out how, how am I going right. to pay taxes on this? Cause you know, you're starting to hear, ah, you know, we got to do something with it. That there was something that came out recently, um, you know, talking about, you know, gains in, in cryptocurrency. So talk a little bit more with that. Taxes on cryptocurrencies. Um, they do exist. So make sure you do everything you can to abide by the tax law, which basically says that you have to have a, you have to mark the bottom or mark the basis of your buy. And what I mean by that is you have to have a basis, which says if you buy if you buy Bitcoin at hundred dollars, that becomes your basis. Now, wherever you sell it or trade it or even buy something with it, because they're basically saying you're selling the currency when you buy something. Whenever you buy something, trade it or sell it. Whatever way you do that, you have to mark where the price is at that point as well. So if you bought it at 100 and then you sell it at 200, you have $100 worth of taxable um, income. Mm-hmm. So that that's called a capital gains uh, tax, and it goes against the capital gains tax. So whatever, however many, if you buy one Bitcoin at $100 and you sell it at 200, you have $100 worth of taxable gain. That's what you have to watch out for. Um, and that is what is supposed to go down with the books with in, I mean, into the books. The problem is, is that I just don't see how the IRS is going to be able to, uh, enforce a whole lot of this mm-hmm. because people are so actively trading this stuff. And that means the, and, and a lot of these exchanges don't have the tools for you to really, you know, get the information back out of it. So it's going I think it's going to be very difficult for people to really like do something with that information and the government to even, you know, handle that information um and actually enforce it cuz that's going to be very hard. But with that said, make sure you do everything you possibly can to make sure you you pay your taxes on your crypto. For sure. For sure. For sure. Cuz they will find you. Oh, they're going to find you. you. You better get you, you know, and somebody asked what are some um uh, uh good 
good apps um, to kind of help you keep track of your investment, you know, tools or apps so that you can track. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bad because I just use Excel. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I, I had a finance degree, so I'm like Excel and I are uh, bed mates. I'm almost married to Excel like I am my wife. Um, but a lot of people use Blockfolio, I've heard. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's some some tax services like LibraTax, I believe, mm -hmm. that you can maybe look into. I think Coinbase is trying to provide some tools for that. So okay. we'll see as, as it goes forward, like okay. where, you know, where that information is. Yeah, I use Delta as well. Um, me and me, Excel spreadsheets, I, I don't get them. They don't make sense to me. <laughs> that is not my ministry. Right. Um, <laughs> it's not my ministry, but, um, you know, those are some of the electronic tools for all my financial people. Hey, spreadsheet yourself away. It, it, it's probably more reliable anyway. Um, <laughs> right. um, and, and one of the, uh, a really good question, uh, a friend of mine asked, he says, how do you not panic sell when the market has a correction? Well, my number one uh, criteria when investing in um, any cryptocurrency is only put in what you can afford to lose. Mm -hmm. So the way you get over panic selling is if you put in what you can afford to lose, then you don't mind losing it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind losing it, you don't mind holding it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind holding it, then you'll hold it through a bunch of this crap, through all the storms, through all the downs, because if it goes to zero, you can lose it anyway. Mm, right absolutely that's how you, so if you go in with that mindset and you don't go in trying to put your rent money on it and try yeah. to get a quick flip yeah i mean i always i always say it's very akin to people getting a refund check and then giving it to their partner to go sell use to, to flip it with drugs right yeah that stuff hardly ever works out yeah it hardly ever ever works out and i mean you can give it to your homie all the time and for some reason you don't you ain't never gonna get your money back the way you thought it was gonna be absolutely so if you, absolutely if you can afford to lose the money then you'll hold through all the panic sales because you don't care if you lose the money it's just money you were gonna spend anyway people don't care if they go to a movie and it sucks they'll just talk about the movie but they lost the money right right exactly so you got to do the same thing with crypto if you put money in that you can afford to lose if you lose the money you'll talk about it like man i lost all my money in that but i mean you knew you could lose the money so you were good the difference is is that if, if you catch one that you really are, are gelling with it and it does well and it's a good coin you'll mess around and take that fifty dollars and turn it into four hundred dollars mm -hmm. i mean four hundred dollars or even mm -hmm. forty thousand dollars right mm-hmm uh, yes so yes and you know, I, I I saw a tweet the other day. I gotta find it. And basically, they were just saying that you gotta be patient. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You know, Bitcoin got yep. to this. It took eight, nine years for Bitcoin to get to this position here. You know, it's not something that really yep. happened overnight. It's something that had a lot of ups and downs getting to that financial point. So it's like when you're coming in and you're mad and you're selling off because it ain't done right in a month. <laughs> what are you really, really doing? Crypto market, yeah, it pops off every once in a while, but it's really like a crock pot. Like it, this, this stuff yep. is, is slow cooking, and so yep. you got to put the money in, and you, you just got to sit on it for a little bit, you know, because things are developing right. with the platforms that you're investing in. You know, things are happening, um, and so you got right. to be patient. 
Don't come in expecting a flip. I could really be sitting on a whole lot of money right now had I had I thrown everything I had into it. But I I understand that, you know, I'm okay doing, okay, $50 here. Okay, $100 here. And pacing myself. Right. You know, yeah, I could have put all this in that and, and made some money. I could have lost a lot of money, too, fooling around doing some dumb stuff yeah. like that. So you, you got to right. be patient, people. Please. I beg you. Yeah. <laughs> so and what helps you to be patient? What helps you to be patient is not putting money in that you need tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will exactly. be patient. You'll be patient. I, I know one person, they said, I put some money in and I was looking at it. And as the price dropped, I was like, I could have used that $85. And I was like, if you saying that, you need to sell everything you have in crypto right now and get you a savings <laughs> account first. Yes. Please, y'all, I'm trying to tell you, be patient with this. I know all of the stuff that's happening in the news is all exciting and everything like that. But pace yourself. It's okay. You yes. don't have to throw the whole... Because the thing about it is... Even though it's you know Bitcoin has been out for this amount of years, a lot of this technology is just beginning. Stuff is really just about to pop off. We haven't even yep. gotten to the, the to we haven't even scratched the surface of this. This is like the top of the iceberg that we're dealing with right here. There's so much stuff that's going to come off from under from you know from underneath, and it's almost like the analogy that people say about you know the invention of the internet. And then down the line, you have the Yahoo's, you have the Amazon's, you know, you have the Netflix, you know, they were able to build on top of this internet platform with these major things. We haven't even gotten to Amazon and Google and, and Netflix right. yet in the crypto field. And it probably won't happen for another five, 10, 15, 20, how it's really gonna pop off. You know what I mean? So be patient. Put your money in yep. and go to work and, and do other things. Study a little bit yep. and go do your hobbies. Go do the go live life. You know, don't sit and look at the phone all day and be on coin market cap all day. <laughs> go live your right. life. Right. Check on your coins and see how they doing. And 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 enjoy and, and watch it grow from there. You know, invest in companies that you believe in that you think are gonna make a difference. You know, I posted in a group a couple weeks back. I was like, we're literally funding the future. We are funding it. Right. We are putting money yeah. in and, and, and we are entrusting um, our technologists to kind of build the type of world that we want to have. Um, and, and we're putting money in them to create these coins so that they can go. It's ba A lot of these coins is basically crowdfunding. These coins are just the surface. Yeah. Yep. You never yep. know. I saw something. Yeah, you never know. They were talking about you how know. you know the you know how you could use you know if you have solar panels on your roof, you know, and 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 people are using you know the, the electricity from your solar panel, like like drones can stop on your solar panel and they'll pay you in cryptocurrency. Like this is the stuff that is going to be popping off. You know what I'm saying? So. Y'all, uh, one more thing, um, and, th and this is kind of a, a, a good one to close out with. Um, <laughs> one of my brothers said, can you give us some other strategies other than HODL? <laughs> uh, Want to know how to set yeah. goals and enter and exit, you know, strategies yep. and deciding the best time yep. to sell? So, yeah, here, here's some things that I always think about, right? 
Um, so some people, they get in, they just trying to make money. People like myself, I like the technology. I like to be in it, have coins so I can use it and build new, build new financial uh, pieces of software, right? But other people, they just trying to make money. So my thing is go in with the goal from the jump. Mm-hmm. Say, I want to go up. When it gets up 50%, I'm going to sell 20% of my holdings for cash, and then the rest I'll leave in the market. What that's called is profit taking. Mm-hmm. So you'll take some profit off the table and then have the rest in cash. What that also allows you to do is have cash that if it drops, you can go in and buy more. But you you won't have that cash if all you're doing is holding on to it forever up and down, but you're trying to make money. I saw a person literally go from about $300 to when it was at, when Bitcoin was at about 20, about 80 grand. Mm. And the way he did it, he just always sold a little bit when he had profits. He sold some of it off and then was patient enough to wait to hit those lows again, bought some more, and then sold off when they had profits. So he did that several times over and over until he finally got to the point where he had $80,000 worth of Bitcoin. You see what I'm saying? So, but that's But that's because he was very patient. And here's the other part. He researched every single day. He -hmm. worked with us here in the office um, and he would come in and, and I got him. I was the one that got him interested in him, showed him how to set up his accounts and all of that stuff. But he really went gung-ho into it because he said it reminded him of trading in some video game he used to play. And so wow. he, used, he used his mentality from the video game to flip $300 into 80 grand. Plus, he only had $300 in it. And for him, that was money he could afford to lose. So he didn't mind it going up and down. He, would, he could wait through a lot of the swings and he was just flipping it. He just kept flipping the money. Um, so, I mean, I've seen people do that, but you have to be able to take profits and also not buy at the ATH, mm-hmm. like my sister said. Yes. Like, right? You have to learn to do that. And another thing is, outside of hold, is to just diversify. And then what happens is people can take, maybe you take $100 and you got 1000 to 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 play with. You take $100 and put it into 10 coins that you like. Some of them might lose a lot. The other ones might go up a lot. But when you get to that certain gain and you see that you're so much above your thousand, sell all of them and recalibrate. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And recalibrate and then take that money. So now you might have $1,400. So now you go buy 14 of them, put a hundred in each one. And the ones that you really think are going to do it, when they go up to a certain amount, sell them, get recalibrate. I mean, I've heard people do that as well, but it's all about them diversifying. And then as they, as they get the profits, they take it off the table. So that's another strategy. Um, but I'm not a big trader. I don't keep trading because you lose money every time you trade. Mm-hmm. They actually are getting 0.6 or 0.5 of your money every single time yeah, you trade. So true. the more you trade, you're actually taking losses that you're not even realizing. Right. That's so true. That's so true. So, and don't be day trading unless you're like a professional. Don't don't listen. If you ain't been yeah, trained, don't, don't day trade. If you ain't been to school for it, if you have not been under the tutelage of a successful day trader, and have sat and interned with them. Don't day trade. You're going to get hit upside your head. <laughs> yes, for sure. Don't do for it. Sure. You get trained now. That's that's like it's almost like a surge, you know, somebody that's that thinks surgery is cool and be like, "Hey, I'm going to go cut my grandma open right now." You're not trained right. for that. <laughs> that is such a good analogy. I like that. That's true, though. Not trained for that. that cut, it, cut, cut the foolishness, and and, and just start simple. Um, and and last but not least, um, a couple people asked, "How do you cash out?" How do you cash out? 
cashing out just basically means to sell your crypto for fiat. Mm-hmm. That's what cash out means. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you cash out? Go to it. Go to an exchange that will cash out for fiat, and you're good to go. Bam. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful, it. beautiful. Well, Mr. Lamar, aka Big Mar, we have covered a lot. <laughs> I'm, I hope that all my newbies, my fellow newbies out there, I hope this was helpful. Um, let them know where they can find you, Lamar. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash bigmar, Twitter bigmar, and the bigmar is B-I-G-M-A-R with an H at the end. Um, so B-I-G-M-A-R-H. That's how you can find me pretty much anywhere, Instagram, anywhere, it doesn't matter. Um, check me out there. All I do is try to educate as much as I possibly can. Um, today, I had a show where I was talking about dropping stellar lumens to, uh, to people that follow and like my page. So if you get over there and follow like my page, I'll try to get you some Stella Lumens. Dope. Dope, 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 dope. Well, I appreciate you. I'm glad we had a, a chance to meet on the interwebs. <laughs> Hopefully we can <laughs> yeah. we can we can link in, in, in real life. Oh, talk about the uh Black Crypto Conference. Oh yeah. So um I'm not really one of the people putting it on, but I am very privy to, you know, seeing what Lawrence and those guys from uh, financial Juneteenth are doing and I think they're going to try to do it in May um, I know they had announced April I think it was April at first and I think they're trying to they think it's going to be a lot bigger so I think they're going to wait another month so the Black Crypto Conference should be coming sometime in May I believe don't don't write that down because like I said I'm just excited for it and uh, I was just putting out a post the other day and I think everybody thinks I was the one putting it on uh, so, okay. <laughs> okay and so, is, is it so, supposed to be in Atlanta where is it supposed to be do you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's it's looks like it's going to be Atlanta. Um, so you know, we'll see we'll see how we get that thing out there. Dope, dope. Well, anybody you know that's listening that follows me on social media, I will definitely as soon as I get all of the information solidified, I will share it. Um, hopefully, I will not be traveling and I will be able to make it. Atlanta is. I'm in Atlanta all the time, so it ain't nothing but a hop, skip, and jump for me to get to Atlanta. Um, Mr. Lamar, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, Keep doing what you do. I hope you have a prosperous year, and I look forward to linking again. Hopefully, we can do another one of these, you know, for for a little bit more advanced crew. Um, But for now, I just wanted to make sure our beginners were taken care of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm always there for the beginners. I think more people need to learn about this stuff and I appreciate you putting it out there for your listeners because that's the only way this stuff is going to happen is people educate other people um, and we keep loving people enough to educate them. You understand? So I appreciate your love. I appreciate your love for your people and I love your people as well. There we go. We love um, the people. Yeah. Yeah. Love the people. That's all day. Live, love, love life, right? That's what I know. That's what I know. Well, you have an awesome evening, my brother. Yeah, thank you, sister. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Okay, peace. Thank y'all for tuning in to the latest episode of TT Talks. Shout out to my brother and friend, Philip Solomon Stewart, on this song right here. It's called Good Vibes. Remember, you heard it first on TT Talks. This thing finna be a smash. Make sure you check out TT Talks on iTunes. Subscribe, write a review. Check me out on SoundCloud, TT Talks, or Nostalgic, N-O-S-T-A-L-J-I-Q. If you love the beats and the music that you heard in the background, you can hit me up on my email, 
nostalgic1 at gmail.com. That's N-O-S-T-A-L-J-I-Q number one at gmail.com. Like my fan page, TT Talks on Facebook. I know y'all are going to enjoy the next episode coming up. We're going to be talking about Haiti and other falsely called shithole countries, but we all know the real deal, and so you already know it's going to be fire. So, y'all make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. I'll see you next go round. Peace. Baby, tell me what you want. And I'm going to give you what you need, girl. You see me looking over there. You move that, you groove that